Your resume is your first impression in the job hunt. Here's how to make sure it's a great one. Welcome to Adulting, the podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at adulting.tv. Welcome to Adulting. I'm Harlan, and I'm here with Miranda, and we're talking resumes today. Miranda, how is your resume looking? Well, I haven't actually had to make a resume in ages, so my resume is looking like my LinkedIn profile. Yeah, well, at least you have a LinkedIn profile. I mean, I'm at the point where I don't really look for work, and uh, for anybody I'm looking to work with, there are other things that they will access other than LinkedIn profiles and resumes and the like. But this is still a great thing to talk about because there is uh, so much about resumes that is so necessary for the bulk of the working public who is either looking for a job or looking for a new position or just looking to validate what they're doing with the uh, work portion of their lives. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think the resume continues to evolve. It's no longer just a sheet of paper. Uh, Multimedia resumes are becoming a thing now. The popular site Dummies has a whole list of tools you can use to build a multimedia resume. A recent article on Forbes detailed how, you know, a a couple tips on like how to include a video with your resume. So this is becoming something we need to think about because resumes are evolving and the way that we look for work is evolving. Do you think that a, a video on a resume is relevant for everybody? Should every person listening to this podcast go out and add a video to their resume or is it just for specific types of jobs? Personally, I think it's probably just for specific types of jobs. But in the Forbes article, it talked about uh, if you do make a video resume that you should aim it directly at the company and the position that you're applying for so that you don't just add it willy nilly to a resume, you actually send it as part of a concerted effort, a targeted effort. So it's kind of interesting to look at that. So yeah, but I don't, I don't know that adding a video to your resume is going to you know, be the deal breaker unless you're in a specific kind of job that requires some sort of, you know, video, or if you're going to be, you know, on TV or making videos or something like that. Yeah, something where the visual representation of yourself is going to be important. Right. Luckily, here we are on podcasting, so you don't have to look at me. <laughs> Instead of getting asked for your resume, when people want to work with you, they ask for your LinkedIn profile, right? Yeah, I get that a lot. So I haven't actually – the last time I applied for a job was this one with Student Loan Hero. And before that, it had been years since I'd actually like gone out and looked for work or tried to get work. Um, usually people just come to me. Usually they just email me. But yeah, lately, if somebody wants to contact me, they've I've, I've had three different people contact me through LinkedIn in the last two months about working with them. And so LinkedIn is is kind of the thing now, I guess. I don't know. At least it is for me as a freelancer, as a professional writer. That's something that people are turning to. You know, a lot of people just ask for a LinkedIn resume. I remember when this doesn't have to do with my work, but when I was applying to be on one of my mayor's special committees, 
here locally, they just asked for a LinkedIn link. I didn't have to send in a resume. I just had to email them my LinkedIn profile and they got all the information they wanted from that. A lot of tech recruiters and recruiters in other industries as well simply use LinkedIn to find prospects. Now, of course, recruiters get paid by making those connections. So they're going to cast as wide a net as possible. But I know that from people who have a tech-focused LinkedIn profile, they're getting headhunted daily with lots of requests. And it's it's almost hard to sort through what's uh, relevant and valid and what might just be spam. Oh, yeah, definitely. So there's that aspect to it. But in the end, there is a good chance that you still need some sort of a paper hard copy resume, especially if you're looking for jobs in the real world. Okay, so everybody, when and, and certainly when I was working at a corporation, I kept my resume up to date often. And not only that, but I had several versions of the resume, depending on what type of path I was looking for, what, what the next job I thought I might have been interested in was. So, you know, I had, I had at least three, maybe even more different versions of the resume, and they focused on different things. So I think it's important to keep that in mind and even even tailor, if you hear about a position that you're interested in, tailor the resume directly towards that position so that it matches everything that they're looking for. Of course, the key here is not to lie and claim that you have experience or credentials that you do not have because that will be discovered especially if it's for a position that is, you know, in the public eye or at least uh, highly scrutinized, you will get found out if you do misrepresent yourself and the consequences are usually pretty bad. Yeah, I remember in the last few years, there have been some high profile cases, including an executive at Yahoo, who got caught lying on their resume and ended, I mean, it's a career ender. And, you know, you kind of have to move on if they catch you lying on your resume. So it's really important to be accurate in the information you give. Yeah, and it's not just CEOs. Um, Just recently, there was a story out east where I am about a principal who was just hired and found out that it was student reporters from the from the school paper looked into the credentials and found that something was not right on the resume. And that principal is now out before he or she even started. Wow. Yeah, that is, I mean, you just do, you just have to make sure that you're accurate. So other than, you know, the truth, what else belongs on a resume? Well, if we start from the top down, I think you want to have your name on your resume. Now, of course, (laughs) your name is one indicator that can influence whether you get a job or not. So how you want to emphasize your name is, or how you want to list your name, or even if you want to have a professional name that is different than your birth name, those are all things that you should consider as well. It's probably a whole other conversation to have about how people are asked in for interviews and called back differently depending on different aspects of their name. But, you know, specifically, if there's a certain ethnicity that your name sounds like, you are less likely to uh, receive the opportunity to move forward. But yes, your name is still an important piece of, of the resume. At least a name is and whatever it is that you want to go by professionally. 
Yeah. And, and don't forget too, that you need to put your contact information on your resume. They need to be able to get a hold of you. So an email address, phone number, uh, that kind of thing is, is very important to have on the resume so that they can get a hold of you, you know, just in case they want to offer you a job. Yeah, that's basically you, you need to include your email address and your and a cell phone number or any kind of phone number, whatever it takes for people to get hold of you. Do you need a physical address? I think I think you do. I think especially if you need to show that you are local to the job so a company doesn't feel that they're going to have to pay for your relocation or that that could become an issue. Um it's it's a small detail and maybe it only affects, you know, one out of 500, you know, opportunities that are out there, but it still doesn't hurt to show a local address. Yeah, that's true. That makes sense as well. Going kind of back to the name thing as well, at some point, depending on the kind of background check and depending on the job you have to do, you may have to make sure eventually once you get to a certain point in the interview that you let your employer know that you're using a different professional name as opposed to your actual legal name because that will come up later, especially if you have some sort of security-related job or some sort of job where they require a background check. Yeah, that will come up eventually. And you do just have to be upfront about it if you do go by a professional name. Absolutely. All right. So now we're getting down to the list part of the resume, right? You, mm-hmm. you need your relevant experience and your education and your skills. But do you need to put everything you've ever done in your life? I mean, does all of that really need to go onto a resume? No, it should be as concise and short and as relevant as possible. Uh, you know, the, certainly when I was first looking for jobs, you know, and I was out of college, I included as much experience that I could include from anything from, you know, working in the radio shack when I was a teenager, even though it's not even relevant, just to show that there were other things that, you know, I had other interests and, and could do multiple things. But mostly that was just for filler. By the time I was out professionally doing more, it was certainly a lot easier to include relevant items and old items could be dropped off, even if they were relevant, because it's not necessary to show every entry level position that you've been in. You can summarize it or just move past it and just include the stuff that's going to show you in the best light and with the most amount of responsibilities and authority and experience. Yeah, definitely. And I think, too, you want to make sure you are picking out the things that are most relevant. And, you know, another thing to watch out for when you're filling out your resume, doing your resume, putting it together is, and I don't know that it's as important as it used to be, but back in the day, you didn't want a huge gap between employment. But today, uh, with so many people now taking like a gap year or so many people taking a time off to travel or to do volunteer work or do things like that, the kind of job experience, people don't have jobs like one after another anymore like they used to. And so uh, how do you handle that on your resume when you have like kind of a gap in employment? Yeah, I think gaps are okay. It's the employers are going to be looking for patterns. If it's clear that you've jumped around a lot from job to job, then that's going to raise some flags. If you have a gap, and if you show that you are using the time in your gap either for something personal and you don't need the income 
for example, then that shouldn't hurt your chances uh, that, you know, an employer should be able to understand that that was the purpose of the gap. Or if you have other projects that you've worked on, if you're an entrepreneur and you try to start a business, it's it's worth talking about. It's, it's worth mentioning something to that effect on your resume so that your employer knows that you are, you know, it. it a lot of people are afraid to do this, possibly, because it shows that there's a possibility that, you might jump and, you know, you're just waiting for an opportunity for your home business to blast off and then you're out of there. But I think uh, on the positive side, it does show that you are willing to work hard because success in that type of environment requires requires you to uh, wear a lot of hats on your own when you're starting your own business. So I think that that shows an employer a, a very positive attitude approach to work with a very positive attitude with your approach to work. So I think that would be a positive if you are able to spin your gap in that way. Of course, you have to be honest, but a resume is a marketing tool. It's a marketing tool for you. So you have to make sure it's presenting yourself in the best light possible. The next thing is try and use action. Starting each bullet point with like, I did this, I did this, my responsibility was this, is not really, you know, it's not very dynamic and it gets kind of uh, repetitive. So try and look for ways to incorporate action, you know, increased sales by X amount, you know, things like that really kind of show your value a lot more than I was responsible for selling these things. And that's kind of easier to do with a sales resume. But like if I were writing a resume and somebody asked, well, what do you do? I, you know, I would say something like, you know, provide in-depth you know, analysis of news for, you know, whatever, <laughs> you know, something like that, where, where it shows that I'm providing something, I, I'm doing something, right? I'm analyzing news stories, or I'm promoting on social media, just things like that, that show action can really help your resume rather than just saying I was responsible for blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And to go off of that, I think that when you take this into getting, what are the results that you achieved by doing things? Like I wouldn't say just putting something like doing something on your resume, like managed social media. I wouldn't say that. I would say increased social media presence by, you know, 5,000%, whatever it happens to be and whatever has been proven and evaluated and measured by yourself and by your company. That way you're really putting the results of your actions. The actions are, of course, better than the thinking about things and your responsibilities. The actions are better than that, but even better than the actions are the results that you drove because of those actions that you took. I think that that goes a long way to make a real impressive resume more than just kind of listing out your roles and responsibilities. Right, definitely. So, you know, you want to take that and say, okay, well, what did I accomplish? Because that's what people are looking for. I mean, your next company is looking for you to bring value. And you need to illustrate that and you need to do that in a way that is impactful. And don't forget to use keywords and act, you know, keywords in your resume. You know, do a little search, see what kinds of things they're looking for, look for the kind of language that is used in the job posting mm -hmm. so that you can get an idea of the type of language, the type of approach that you need to take in your resume. Uh, as you mentioned a little bit earlier, Harlan, you need to make sure that your resume reflects the company and reflects the values of the company so that when they're reading the resume, you resonate with them and it feels like the right thing to do. 
Yeah, and when you say the company, you mean the company that you are approaching with the resume, not right, the current right. company that where you're right, describing no. your skills. Well, that does no good. Right. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, you want to you want to reflect the company that you're approaching or reflect the position that you're applying for. Right, absolutely. And and those keywords, they help too because your resume, there'll be multiple forms of it. Multiple resumes, you know, if you're doing a job search, but also you've got the hard copy, you've got LinkedIn, you've got your resume on LinkedIn, you've got perhaps a website where you also have a link to maybe a PDF of your resume. All the keywords there help too because you want to be able to show up. You know, I would say for a lot of positions, if you are interested in really positioning yourself as an expert, then you want to start a blog too. Your blog is actually, it could be if it is related to what you want to do or what you are doing for your work, it can be a great addition to your resume. It's kind of on the side. Think about your whole package, your whole presentation, your whole marketing materials that you're putting together to sell yourself. And a blog, if you write intelligently and thoroughly on a topic that is important to the job that you're looking for, uh, you can easily establish yourself as someone who is perceived as an expert in that field. And so uh, I know we kind of went off topic here just a little bit because it's not precisely a resume, but I really see the whole... I see the resume as just another piece in your marketing materials for yourself. Keywords are important too from the standpoint of it is possible now if you're using a career website and you're just, you know, uploading and sending or even if you just even if you are given an HR address and you're supposed to email your resume to a specific HR address, you know, these email programs can pick out the keywords now, right, in your mm-hmm. in what you send them. And so, you know, it could be possible that some HR director somewhere is putting in a keyword and any resume that doesn't include those keywords is just, you know, they don't even want to look at it. So well, they won't so, even know it exists if they're, you know, I mean, when you, when you receive too. a th- thousands of resumes per position, I mean, they're going to do whatever it takes to filter out ones that might not be relevant. So you just need to make sure that you're giving yourself the best chance to be seen in the first place. First, you've got to be seen, then you've got to impress them with the materials that you do have. And a lot of the time, it's these keyword searches that's the first filter. So you've got to make it through that by having all the right words in your resume. Don't be careful to load it up too much or to be too general because then you're just wasting people's time uh, stuffing keywords into your resume. Again, this, this is just another example of how you need to tailor what you're doing directly towards the position that you're applying for. Right. You know, and have a basic template and then you can just switch it around a little bit. And as you're doing this, I liked how you talked about like loading it up and everything because uh, you also need to think about how it is designed. How does it look? And it matters a little bit, especially in some industries. It matters how it looks. You don't want this like cramped, dense block of text to read. You want it clean. You want it neat. It needs to be easy to read and it needs to be easy to pick out the things that you're looking for. And all of that goes into actually designing the resume to be attractive. Yeah. And a lot of this also depends on the type of industry that you're in. A lot of that will determine 
what form your resume takes, whether it's one sheet of paper with your name at the top and then, you know, just the bulleted list that we've always seen before. And or whether if you're going into some type of creative position, whether a resume like that would be useless and what they're looking for is a portfolio of your work. Uh, so you, you need to think about exactly what it is, what industry are you in and what are the expectations? Because a lot of the time, you know, it's completely different. I know that for an entry level position, for you to have more um, a multiple page resume would just it would be ridiculous. Nobody would expect that. Uh, for an entry-level position, if you are more than one page and even you know a smaller uh, font than necessary, it's a waste of effort on your part, and it's reducing the chances that you're going to get what you want out of it. But if you've had enough experience and there is a lot of relevant information and you're in management or your executive level you would be expected to have a lot more detail in your resume and one page might not be enough. A lot of people now are starting to call those extended resumes CVs like they do in Europe. You can include more information. You can talk about, you can include a, a list of the publications that you've been a part of. These are important things. Any, any books that you've written, these are important things for people who are at executive level positions, which is not everybody. So even in the, within the industry, there's a variety of what's expected for this resume or promotional package that you're putting together. Right. And speaking of CVs, those are actually very, if, if you're planning on a job in academia, that's what you need is a CV. And this was even years ago when uh, my ex-husband was, he was finishing up his PhD and starting to look for jobs. He needed a CV, which included, you know, all of his teaching, the classes he taught, his different publications that he was in, his presentations that he'd made, all of that was very important um, and is important in academia as well. So, you know, like Harlan says, you want to make sure that you understand the expectations for your specific job and what you are specifically looking for. Is there a certain order that we need to organize uh, the resume? I think it goes by whatever is most important to, uh, <laughs> to the company. A lot of the time, I think today, if you start out with your experience, especially if your experience shows that you've accomplished a lot or that you can bring a lot of value, starting with that experience is important and then put your education and your skills. However, you know, there are some places where, you know, having that degree is more important. And so you want to lead off with that. So you want to find out, you know, what's what's the norm for my industry? What's the norm for this job I'm looking for? Are they more interested in the experience I've had? Or are they more interested in a specific education or a specific degree I've had? Did I go to a school with a strong alumni network? And is there somebody, is the person who's looking at my resume, did they go to the same school? So do I want to put that at the top of my thing so that they can see that in my strong alumni network, you know, we're buddies here. So. Right. So think about it and kind of do a little bit of research and see because there have been times where I have put my education first and then there have been other times where my experience is more relevant than my education. And so I want to make sure to highlight that. And when you're doing all of this, it should be in a font that's easy to read, not too small, not too large, and a lot of space so that it looks you don't want anything that's too tightly packed with text because people just pick it up and put it down and don't even want to read that. Make it easy to read. Definitely. Yeah. You know, you kind of do. And you that's why they talk about having the bulleted lists and making sure that, you know, it's just 
quick and clean and easy so that they can just kind of skim it and look for those keywords because there are certain keywords that will jump out at them as they're skimming. And if you have, you know, some nice white space and easy to read font and some bulleted lists, those keywords will jump out at them and they will notice them. And so that's an important part of your design. Would you use any color at all or just black and white? Uh, personally, I think black and white, um, but it depends. You know, I mean, if you're working in a creative industry or if you're, you know, if you're doing something like video game design, you want to make sure that, you know, you're highlighting that, you know, photography, whatever, you know, and there are some resumes now in the world of LinkedIn where, you know, high quality professional headshot is not a problem. Mm-hmm. And you do want to include something like that. So think about what can make it, you stand out, but not be annoying. <laughs> because <laughs> It's a line, it's a fine line, and you have to find that fine line. But you do have a little more leeway when it comes to a creative industry. Uh, but if you're going to be creative, then it had better be something awesome. Sure. And and I know people who work in theater and actors, and they are used to basically their resume is their headshot. And then they'll include, you know, the, the relevant experience and uh, information on the other side of the headshot when they're in person, or include it on their website or their LinkedIn or their resume, whatever it happens to be. But if you're going to do that, if there's a chance that you are involved in the media at all, not necessarily an actor, perhaps you give presentations, perhaps you're on the news, and a lot of people in our industry do this, you have to make sure that that headshot is high quality. It cannot be a selfie from your cell phone. Uh, You've got to go to a professional photographer who knows how to light a situation, who knows how to use light to produce the best quality image. That's something you have to pay for. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, well, you know, there, there's a reason why Harlan does my headshots. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, it's because he knows photography. And the nice thing, too, about somebody um, like you, Harlan, is that you know me. A lot of the time, I feel like the headshots that you did for me last, and I probably ought to have you do more. It's been almost three years. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, yeah. I feel like just because um, you know me, you kind of like, captured more of a genuine me in my picture if that makes it you captured my soul but um <laughs> no it's that's 100 percent right i mean that's what you know you want to find a photographer who can if if you don't know them ahead of time and a lot of times you don't because you're just looking for recommendations for a professional photographer if you don't know anybody personally you have to make sure that they get to know you a little bit beforehand so that they can bring out your personality. Even though it's a professional headshot, you want it to really get people's attention and capture what it is about you that's going to be great in the position. And a good photographer can do that and they can get to know you in a short period of time and and really figure out what it is about you that sparkles in a way. Yeah. And and then this is something then that you can add to your LinkedIn profile as well, because people will be looking. So what are some of the things you want to keep off the resume? I mean, we've talked about what you want to put on the resume and how to make it kind of pop. But what do you want to like, just get rid of? What do we want to stay away from? Anything visually distracting. I, you know, I, I like yeah. I like a clean look. I don't want my eyes to have to go all over the place. And we, we talked a little bit about colors. I think for the most part, for most jobs out there, we don't want any colors, just black and white. Yeah, definitely. And one of the things that I found was interesting when I was researching and, and looking, this Forbes article said, you know, the objective, you know, how a few mm. years ago, you know, you need to put your objective up there. What is your objective, you know, in this, this resume? And I was just reading that, you know, the objective is kind of going away. 
Like you don't necessarily need an objective anymore. It doesn't hurt to have it on, but it's not as as relevant as it used to be. Yeah, and I wouldn't even worry about it. I, I It might not hurt to have it on, but it might too, because it gives it gives someone who's reviewing a resume the opportunity to say, well, your objective doesn't really match up with what, you know, with what I think the objective of this position is. And your objective could be, could be, you could approach it like, um, you know, it's more like a life goal or something like that. It takes up space and it isn't helpful for the people who are reviewing your resume. So I would say that there's a chance that it might actually hurt and I, w- I would leave it off completely and not even think about it because your, your objective is to get the job. And anybody who says that there's some other kind of objective for any particular resume, you know, it's, it's just kind of making something up. And we, we just don't need to waste time with that sort of thing. Yes, you should have career goals. No, it's not important for the HR person who's first looking at your resume to know what your career goals are or what you want to do with your life. They just know that you want a job and they know that they're looking to find someone to fill a position. You can certainly talk about life and objectives and goals with with someone who's interviewing once you get the interview. I think that's a great topic to talk about, but I wouldn't just throw it out there giving the opportunity for somebody to misunderstand it. So... What are some things that our listeners can do now if they are ready to get out there and and look for a job? What can they do now with their resumes? Well, there's a few things. I like the idea of just starting from scratch. Forget any resume that you've had in the past and just start over with a blank page. You know, because a lot of the times we, we start the resume when we're looking for our first job and then we just make incremental changes over the years as, you know, as we move into new positions, we'll update a date here, we'll update the title here, we'll put the new position here. And so we end up with this document that is really thrown together over the course of, you know, several years, perhaps. So I think it's a great idea to just scrap it, start from the beginning. If you had to create a resume right now based on where you are right now, and then looking back through your history, you're going to have a totally different perspective. You now looking back will realize what the important aspects of your career path has been so far. Um, moving forward, you're just writing things down as they seem important at the time. But looking back, you have so much more knowledge about yourself and what's important that I think it's a good idea to just take this time right now and start from scratch. Next, you know, go to LinkedIn. I know that you hate LinkedIn so much, Harlan, but <laughs> but the reality is, is this is where we live now. <laughs> this is what's important. And maybe in three or four years, LinkedIn won't matter anymore. and It'll be something else. But for mm-hmm. now, go to LinkedIn. And if you haven't completed your profile, complete your profile. If you haven't started a profile, start a profile and look through it much as you would your resume and see if it needs some update and see if, you know, maybe you need to blow it up. Maybe you need to blow up your LinkedIn profile and start again, but go to LinkedIn and make sure you've got that profile and it's ready to go. Something I like to do uh, relatively often just to check and see how things are going because things change is to Google yourself a search your name and see what comes up. You need you need to be 
100% aware of your internet presence. Because if your resume is reviewed by someone and they want to bring you in, your name is going to go to the, you know, who, whoever is going to be interviewing you, they are going to look you up. And so it's important for you to see what they're seeing when they look you up. And if there's not enough about you, or there's not enough about you that's positive, you have to make some changes to that. You have to improve your internet presence. Some of that, it could be putting your resume online. You know, I have a site called harlanlandis.com, and it is the first result when you search for Harlan Landis. I've also had it for about 17 years, so it's been around for a while, but I've, I've always updated it. It's just basically a one-page site that is just about me and my projects, and it's there in case anyone who wants to find out exactly who is this Harlan who's contacting me, or who is this Harlan that's running this Drum and Bugle Corps, or who is this Harlan that's this executive director of a foundation. So it gives everyone a place that they can come and be sure that they're looking at the right piece of information. It's a good start. And then... Add a blog, have a blog that's based on your name, it is relevant to you and whatever positions you're looking for, and establishes yourself as a clear expert. And there are so many things that you can add to this website that can do that for you. It could be articles, it could be videos of presentations you've made, it could be a video blog, it could be a podcast that you start that is related to your industry. The more you establish yourself as an expert through publishing your own stuff, you don't have to write a book that's published by a huge publisher, you can publish everything you want online, make sure it's good and high quality, and it really, really helps create an internet presence for yourself that is going to blow someone away. Yeah, and I think it's really important to emphasize that. Google yourself, see what's up there, because last year, CareerBuilder did a survey and found that 60% of employers use social networking sites to research job candidates. That's been rising significantly since, you know, since 2008. It's that the percentage of people looking online and following up has risen. And, you know, one of the things uh, that they said was that the survey says that these employers are looking for information that supports their qualifications for the job. And so this includes your professional portfolio. 53% of these hiring managers want to see if the candidate has a professional online persona. 30% want to see what other people post about the candidate. So yeah, people are looking. Google yourself and see what comes up. And, and do it after you signed out of Google, right? Mm-hmm. You want to sign out of Google so that it's not giving you tailored results. You know, sign out of Google, clear your cache, clear your cookies, and then do a search of yourself and see what comes up because you want to see what other people see when they look for you. And I know we've talked about this in, in other episodes, but like you said, social media is really being used as a tool and you have to clean up whatever it is that you have on your social media that is visible to not just the public, but to your friends as well, because it is quite possible that a new connection is going to be able to see some of the more private or less public stuff that you might be posting. And I know Facebook, even Snapchat, I mean, you know, stuff there isn't kept, but you know, it's it's possible that people are going to see what you're doing on Snapchat. So you just need to make sure that if there is a job you're looking for, that that all of your social media activity is good so that 
they you don't turn anybody away. And I think today there are a lot of modern employers and people who make these decisions who are aware that social media is a very personal thing and there isn't an expectation that everything online about you is going to be professional and related to the position you're looking for, but there is an expectation that you're not showing yourself to be immature and unable to handle the responsibilities that they're about to give you. And we've talked a lot about social media presence before. You can go back to uh, one of our earlier episodes where we talk about social media behavior. But this is this is bigger right now. This is you know this is your entire internet presence. Uh, if there's anything negative about you, you want to shut it down. You need to find a way to get rid of it or to just drown it out by positive things that you put together yourself. And Miranda, you mentioned um, that they could be looking for uh, what other people say about you too. And the LinkedIn is good for that because you can actually ask for recommendations. You can have people who have worked with you put on your profile nice stories about how helpful and how beneficial you were to whatever the situation was. Oh yeah, for sure. So, so yeah, you definitely want to just kind of keep an eye on what's going on, keep an eye on what people say about you and keep an eye on how uh, others perceive you online. So we do have a listener question it says, I'm on, I'm using a career site to find a job. Should I use the resume I built there for other jobs? think we've answered this question. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I think the answer is no, and that you just want to tailor every resume that you send out to the particular position. And, And, you know, the idea that you can just shoot the same resume off to thousands of companies and maybe you'll get, you know, 1% return. I I understand the logic behind that approach because, you know, if you get a 1% return on sending a thousand resumes out, maybe you have 10 people to follow up with. But I think you're going to have difficulty actually getting anywhere with, with those results because if your resume isn't tailored to the position... And if you walk up to someone and you hand them a printout of your LinkedIn profile, that's not going to work either. It it has to be appropriate for the situation you're looking for. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, and if you're just barely starting out and you're using this tool, you know, you're using a tool from one of these websites to build your resume, that can give you some ideas. And you can use those ideas to then kind of tailor your next version of your resume to something else. So yeah, use it to get some ideas and everything, uh, but don't just blindly send it out everywhere. Uh, Make sure that you are tailoring it and make sure that you do uh, think about it a little bit. And in some cases, some of these websites will actually let you kind of change your, you know, if you're applying for a specific job, it'll let you kind of change the resume you've used a little bit to tailor it a little more rather than just hitting send. So kind of look into that and see if you can make that work. You know what idea I like that I just thought of related to this question is ask to see other resumes. Look at other resumes in the position that you're looking to be in. Ask your supervisor, your boss, if you could just see their resume and that you're looking for examples and you'd love to, you know, kind of learn from them. Of course, you don't want to give off any hints that you're looking for a job if, if that's the case. So be careful about who you ask and how you ask it. But do like on the ground research as if you are someone who is going to hire you for the position you're looking for and find resumes that 
give you some examples and give you ideas, and then you can use that in a certain way and make it your own to to come up with uh, you know this amalgamation of all the best ideas that are out there. And the only way to do that is by just looking at a lot of resumes that are related to what it is you want to do. Yeah, definitely. So I, I like this idea of looking for examples because a lot of the time, uh, we don't think about, you know, what other people are doing with their resumes. So look for somebody you think has been successful and ask them what their resume looks like. If you have any questions you'd like to ask us, uh, come to adulting.tv slash ask, and uh, we will address your topic on a future podcast or in a video or on an article on the site. We have lots of stuff. And please subscribe if you enjoyed what you've listened to today at adulting.tv slash iTunes. Uh, look for our videos on YouTube as well. We have a new series coming out called Help, and uh, that's really exciting and fun. So look for that, and uh, we will talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to Adulting. Find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv. Adulting.tv